The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well But now you're back and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms We're America, your family, the land of liberty We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight us free. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your country, and America wants you. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray, along with his co-host, Linda Crater. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray with his co-host, Linda Crater. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network. Today is November 26th already, 2013. Linda, sorry she couldn't be with us this morning. She actually called in to serve on an advisory committee. Just be careful driving, Linda, with all that snow up there. <laughs> we'll see you soon. We miss you. Uh, I'm your host, Gary Ray, and my co-host today is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, Army, retired. He is a former Deputy Secretary for the Veterans Administration in Maryland. He also is a past department commander for the DAV and very supportive on matters recognizes in the service and sacrifices of our veterans. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary. Good to be with you. All right. Well, we have a really exciting show for you today. It's called Vet Jobs, the value of hiring a vet. But before we get to our guests, we're going to just take a couple of minutes to provide you with a live veteran truck update. Today's update is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services and Brave Marketing Concepts. Be sure to click on their logo on the sponsor page and see exactly how they're supporting our veterans. Just in case this is the first time you're hearing about Veteran Trek, it's about two veterans, Anthony and Tom, that are walking a mirror 2,700 miles from Milwaukee to L.A. for PTSD and veteran suicide awareness and awareness for dryhooch.com. Oh, dot org. And good morning, Anthony. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Gary. Thank you. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. And uh, you're around the Colorado Springs area, aren't you? Yep. We're um, in Colorado Springs. We got here on Sunday. And uh, when we walked into the hotel, uh, my wife and daughter and Tom's girlfriend were waiting in the lobby for us. So um, they leave today. So we've just kind of hung out for the last uh, day with them. 
and uh, we'll kind of go with them today before they go here in a couple hours, and then we'll continue on our journey. Wow. Just so long as they don't volunteer to walk the rest of the way with you, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> <None of> that. <laughs> All right. Now, any incidents on the way, say, in the last week or so? Um, nothing like, nothing bad or anything, but we had some vets walk with us um, from, like, Monument down here, about 12 miles. Um, we had a couple Iraq vets. One that I uh, was in my platoon in basic training, so, again, um, small world. Um, one that we had just met. Um, our documentary crew got in trouble filming us by the Air Force Academy. They got stopped and detained for a minute uh, <laughs> to answer some questions about that. So I guess if there was any incidents, it would be more on that side than on our side. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And you said you have uh, your family with you, and uh, you have a little baby with you also, right? Yeah, so my if- daughter, she'll turn two in January, so she's running around in a diaper uh, playing with a doorstop on the wall right now. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. So you have your cold weather gear, which yep. is phenomenal. Uh, that was actually uh, donated by uh, Chris Morsey, uh, Big Dog Branding, one of our board members. And uh, did, did you ever get the shoes? Did you ever find the size for your feet? Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, Tom and I got shoes when we were in Denver. We were All able. Right. We were able to do that on our on our own. Um, it was just one of those things where, like, I ended up having to order them online and get them shipped to where we were staying, like, overnight. Um, having clown-sized feet is not easy uh, when you're trying to find shoes and you're away from home. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And you're, last, and you're... But, I mean, the last pair lasted me from Dyersville, Iowa to Denver, so I think that was about a 1,000 miles. So, you know, they wow. held up pretty good. Wow. It's time to get them balanced. <laughs> yeah, they were done. They were just, they were completely smooth on the bottom in some places, and they were all the way uh, worn down to like the reinforced parts on the bottom. So that's phenomenal. Well, Anthony and Tom, uh, we want to wish you a really happy uh, Thanksgiving, especially with your family there, which is fantastic. And uh, you have any have any other things you want to tell us before we before we go? Um, well, it's going to start getting kind of kind of crazy here. Um, once we get out of this, we continue going south to northern New Mexico, and now we have a few expanses that we have to go through between cities and towns. Um, we start getting a little bit more stretched out now until we get to Santa Fe. So um, hopefully the weather um, will cooperate with us. Definitely, definitely. Well, and we want to wish you donating. We're sixty-three percent of the way to hunt. Oh, sixty-three percent of the way. Well, we raised what? we raised about sixty-three thousand of our hundred thousand dollar goal. That's great. That's fantastic. fantastic. All right. Well, we want to wish both of you a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, you take care. And again, everybody, give your support by donating right now from your cell phone. Just text the word "donate" to eight zero four six four. of your donation goes right to dryhooch.com. We'll be providing these live updates every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the American Heroes Network. We have quite a show for you today, and it's actually about, once again, vet jobs, the value of hiring a vet. Bill, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest? Surely, Gary. uh, Ted Daywalt is the president of the Veterans of Foreign Wars Sponsored Vet Jobs 
the premier military employment site on the Internet. Uh, Ted served on active duty in the Navy as a line officer and an intelligence officer, then transferred to the Naval Reserve Intelligence Program, from which he is a captain with 28 years of service. And, uh, Ted, thank you for your service. Thank Glad you, Glad to be here. Good. Did Charles uh, ever come on yet? He's online. Uh, I was just wondering if Charles came on yet. Yes, Charles is here. Oh, okay. hey, Charles. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> All right. Good morning, right. Charles. This is Bill. Hello. Hi, yeah. I'm Charles Hodge. Uh, okay. I, I worked with Ted for like 20, 18 years. So. Yeah, we were in the reserves together, and he's a smart guy. He, he's the techie. <laughs> great, great. Well, well Charles, okay. why don't you go ahead and, and just tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I turned around and uh, joined the Navy in uh, 72. And uh, at the time, I wanted to be a, 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 a flight officer, ended up becoming an intelligence officer, and uh, spent four years in the Navy, active duty with the, uh, with the, with the fleet, in the 6th Fleet, uh, as an intel officer for a fighter squadron, uh, which had just picked up the brand-new F-14s. Uh, so we had a lot of, lot of excitement with that. Um, uh, four years at sea, pretty much, uh, while I was there. Uh, when I left active duty in 76, I, I hired on with uh, uh, Ross Perot to get back into the computer business. And uh, from that point on, I pretty much uh, joined the reserves as a as a sideline, you know, as in those days, you, you just joined it to make a little extra money. Uh, not very much thought of ever being deployed like they are now. Um, but enjoyed it so much, um, you know, met up with, with Ted in, in 79 and uh, uh, as we formed this intelligence unit and spent 21 years uh, uh, total um, in the reserve program, being a civilian um doing the weekend drills and, and the two to three weeks a, a year deployment. Uh, and um, overall, a wonderful career. And I uh, really hated leaving it, but, you know, it was time to retire in 96. And uh, so uh, we enjoyed that a tremendous amount. Made lots of good friends and obviously uh, had a great experience in it. All right. That's great. Great. Bill, you want to go ahead and start yeah, this? Well, yeah, I, I, I want to get back to Ted and uh, mm -hmm. and just say that, um, uh, well, why don't you, uh, Ted, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I, like Charles, I went into the Navy. I started as a line officer driving ships, and um, I was on a, a tender, and then I was on a DDG, and I was a department head on that, and uh, uh, so what, it's a guided missile destroyer is what they call it. And uh, it stayed at sea. Uh, we had a house in Mayport <clears throat> down on Jacksonville Beach. And my wife kept a calendar. And out of the two and a half years I was on that ship, I was only slept at my house 42 nights. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, when you're, when you're at sea in the Navy, you are at sea, gone all the time. But it was a, a great experience uh, then I got transferred to Sink and Snavier Headquarters, which is Commander-in-Chief of the United States Naval Forces Europe, in the intel world, and basically never got out of intel. I, I had a great time in it. Um, I like to say the Navy sent me to all the really nice places in the world at all the really wrong times, you know. 
<laughs> in the Middle East and what have you. So it, it was a it, it was a good career. I did uh, 28 years, so 21 in the reserve and seven active. Well, it sounds like an exciting career, uh, Ted, and I can appreciate that. Uh, I'm a Vietnam vet, and I had a lot of contact uh, with the Navy while I was there in my, uh, during my time in uh, 1967 and 68, so I have a great appreciation for it. Are you but, a member of the Vietnam Veterans of America? Uh, yes, I certainly Good. am, uh, <laughs> and a whole lot more. The American Legion also, which uh, uh, sponsors vet jobs, uh, uh, you name them, I'm, 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 I'm a member of all of them. That's great. Yeah. Well, Ted, uh, there's been much written about veteran uh, unemployment that seems to be confusing. What is the true state of veteran uh, unemployment? Yeah, um, I'll try and get some things in here uh, before we have to take our break, but the reports that you see in the press frequently are confusing because some of them use what's called the CPS, Current Population Survey Numbers, other use the Current Employment Survey Numbers. And because there's two different um, unemployment rates put out there, that gets confusing. And frequently, a reporter will talk about how the veteran unemployment rate is 18%, and they're only talking about the 18 to 24-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And But the way the article's written, it sounds like it's all vets. In reality, the unemployment rate for all veterans has always been lower than the national unemployment rate. The unemployment rate for all veterans right now is 7.6%, with the national rate being 73 and the uh, uh, it's always been that way, going all the way back to World War II. Sometimes the unemployment rate for the veterans is as much as two points below the national unemployment rate, which confirms that veterans as a cohort or as a group, uh, Department of Labor calls them a cohort, uh, as a group have one of the lowest unemployment rates of all the groups they track, and it proves that veterans as a group are finding jobs at a faster rate than non-veterans. And it's for all the good reasons, uh, you know, the security clearances, clean background, they know how to show up to work on time, they're team players, and all the different things that employers are looking for. Right. Well, I, I, that, that last portion with the, the kind of talents that they bring uh, to the market, I can appreciate them greatly. Uh, one of the things that I did... Uh, uh, a few years back, as I, I did background investigations for employers that, that needed uh, uh, cleared individuals, and in, uh, in most cases, we found that uh, uh, those that have served uh, had those clearances, and uh, and they brought a lot to uh, to, to the uh, workplace. Now, now it, it said in in 2007. The unemployment rate skyrocketed for young uh, uh, veterans. Uh, what, what do you think was the, was the cause of that? Bill, uh, it's that it's break time, and what we'll do if everybody gets break, hold we'll that thought, get back. Okay. Okay. Everybody hold that thought, and we'll be right back. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host Bill and our guest Ted and Charles. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier. 
or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Ted and Charles. Uh, uh, Bill, you were ready to ask a question before I interrupted you for that break. Yes, Gary. <laughs> uh, Ted was about to uh, tell us about this uh, unemployment rate which skyrocketed uh, back in 2007, uh, affecting uh, or impacting uh, young veterans at that time. Yeah, what happened there, um, as we mentioned in the last segment, the veteran unemployment rate has always been lower than the national unemployment rate. But in 2007, on January the 11th, the Department of Defense changed the call-up policy for members of the Guard and Reserve. Uh, They needed bodies to prosecute the wars. Uh, Congress was not going to let them expand the size of the military, and we couldn't bring back a draft politically. So they use the Guard and Reserve as a backdoor draft. Now, the bulk of the people in the Reserve, and especially the National Guard, are younger people. So it's your 18 to 24 and your 25 to 29-year-old age groups that are affected the most. And now that the Guard and Reserve are over nearly uh, 60% of our total fighting force, when they have an unemployment problem, it, it magnifies the issue. In 2006, the 18 to 24 year old unemployment rate for veterans was about 10.2, with the um, civilian unemployment rate for the same age cohort at about 8.7. So statistically, they were about the same. The new policy went into effect January the 11th, and at the end of 2007, 
the unemployment rate for young veterans, 18 to 24, jumped from that 10.3 to 22.3. Wow. And the nice. um, uh, more than doubled. And what that was was private industry saying, we are not going to support DOD taking our employees away for a year. They didn't mind when people went away for their two weeks active training or maybe even being called up for a month. But mm-hmm. employers just can't run their companies with people being taken away for long periods of time, multiple times. And to give you an example, here in Georgia, the, in that 10-year period, uh, the National Guard made six deployments of 12 to 18 months. Now, that makes it real hard to keep a job. And to yes. be fair, DOD needed the bodies, but they said that they were only going to use the National Guard one year in six, and they wound up using them every other year. And DOD knew they were going to use them every other year, but they were trying to soften the blow to keep mm-hmm. people in. Now, the way that uh, to gauge the employer's response to this are the complaints that were filed with ESGR. That's Employer Support of the Guard and Reserve. It's an arm of DOD. Prior to 2011, the, and they report every other year, in 2010 there were 5,333 complaints, which is sort of an average year back then. But in 2008, it jumped to over 12,000 complaints, and then in 2010, it jumped to 34,612. I mean, it went up seven times, 700%. And this was private industry saying, I can't run my company with you taking my employees away. Mm-hmm. And, and the problem goes back to World War One when the Garden Reserve, uh, when the Federal Reserve, the Army Reserve and Navy Reserve were created. Army Reserve was created in 1908, Navy Reserve in 1915. And the, um, the law that created them never said who owns these assets, uh, whether it's the employers or back then the War Department. Well, DOD just assumed that they owned them. In reality, they're owned by the private employers and they're loaned to DOD. And it never became a problem. It's a 900-pound gorilla sitting there in the corner, but nobody paid any attention to it till the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. Yeah. And, now, and that, now, that's when they had to use them. Now, taking right. that out of, into the area of the... Of the employee or the the personnel, for example, you know, it was a major impact to the companies who also lost five or seven percent of their workforce. But also, the tremendous impact was on those individuals, the veterans who actually own businesses. I mean, I had you know when we had our reserve program, uh, our our personnel, uh, for example, one was an insurance agent. Now, you know, you're an independent insurance agent. You're you're managing your policies. All of a sudden, you get pulled out and you send overseas for a year. When you come back, you've already given all your policies away to other agents so they can manage them. Uh, you destroyed your business. And uh, I had one gentleman who uh, had gotten into, you know, after the, after the um, uh, airline industry kind of self-imploded, uh, he had gotten into a very prosperous landscaping business. Again, he lost his business when he came back. Uh, so it really impacted not just the employers who were employing veterans who that lost them for a year at a time and trying to run their business with 10% of their workforce gone. It really impacted the single, uh, the entrepreneur who had his own business and couldn't manage it while he was gone. And, that's and important. that really hurt. That's important because entrepreneurs create more jobs 
than the Fortune 1000 combined. And most new business, most new jobs are created in companies of less than 300. And so when you are affecting a large segment of those and veterans make very good entrepreneurs, it turns out that over half the franchises in America are owned by veterans. Uh, these are people that create jobs. And when you're impeding their ability to do that, you're hurting the economy. And we're seeing some of that in the uh, unemployment numbers. Well, well, Ted, that 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 is absolutely correct, and I I can I'll, I'll just make a short comment on on what you've just said. You know, the uh, the 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 folks that serve in the Guard and Reserves uh, uh, since uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, and and maybe even going back to the Gulf situation, were were you know living uh, rather successful and productive lives prior to these call-ups, mm-hmm. and in many ways uh, from the employment side and from the family structure, sending their kids to school uh, had a real impact upon it. And, and, and that's really a, a major issue that's, uh, that, that, that's still in progress today. Not so much as it's been in the past, but it's one there that really had the, that kind of impact. I want to switch gears here just a little bit because this is something that I uh, had to deal with uh, I know when I was leaving active duty and, uh, re- and retiring, uh, military skills translated into civilian skills. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that creates a lot of problems. I think some intimidation in, in cases for those that are leaving after have had long service in the military and coming out to get in the, in the civilian careers. Can, can you tell us uh, just sure. how, how, how that works? Um, First, let me make a, a statement, and that is that it's not as bad as some people make it out to be. Uh, you got to understand that in the Department of Labor and the Department of Veteran Affairs are people that have made careers of saying veterans need help because they can't find jobs. Yet the employment numbers don't bear that out. The employment numbers show that veterans get jobs at a better rate than non-veterans. So uh, putting aside the bureaucrats who you know, like to use that as an excuse to get money out of Congress, the... Um, there are over 220 skill sets taught in the military that are used in the civilian world. And the trick is learning how to put what you did in the military into uh, civilian ease, if you will. And there's a great site called ONET, O-N-E-T, uh, .com on the Internet, where you can go and take whatever your MOS rate was and converts it into uh, civilian uh, wording so that you can see what you can do. And, and the successful veterans are doing things like that. We teach them how to do that here at Vet Jobs. We also have a behavioral technical career assessment test that they can take for free, which would normally cost them about 300 bucks, but they get it free through us. And they, they are able, when they get done with that, they can take a look and say, oh, I'd be best living in this part of the country, doing this type of job with that type of a company. And it, it works, but... Mm-hmm. The problem is the Department of Defense Transition Assistance Program has not been very effective in trying to teach people how to do this, which is why it's been rewritten twice in the last two years, and and it still isn't up to snuff. But part of the problem there is that uh, the people at DOD do not want to accept help from private industry. Private okay. industry and uh, private resources find more jobs than all the government resources combined by a factor of three or four to one. 
but there's some people there at DOD that just feel that they don't need to uh, hear from the Society of Human Resource Management or the different veteran service organizations and reach out for the help they need. Uh, and what's, what is a real shame there, Bill, is many of those people are trying to tell people how to go out and get a job, and they've never had a civilian job themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, Ted, very quickly, how can we dovetail this with uh, uh, employers, uh, what they can do to find best qualified veterans to hire and bring into their employment? Well, the, uh, we're, we're about to come up on a hard break again here, but I'll throw a couple of things out. Um, one is using sites like Vet Jobs. There's also military hire, corporate grade. There's other good military employment sites out on the internet. A second way is uh, going through your uh, local veterans representative at your local Department of Labor. You can find a lot of people that way. A third way is through networking. If you're near a military base, the employer wants to get over there and meet with the TAP people. They want to meet with the wives club and the different other clubs on the base and let them know that you're hiring. Uh, there's a number of different ways to reach veterans. And, uh, I mean, you take vet jobs, we get over 700,000 visitors a month. These are veterans and their spouses looking for work. We That's run great. about 80,000 jobs a day. And uh, it, it's a system that works very, very well. Wow. Well, we're going to go ahead and take that quick break. And uh, just before we go on break, I just want to let you know that we notice that our show is actually being rebroadcast through many other websites. You can also listen to the show by downloading an app or signing up for iTunes. All that's great, but you really need to listen and go to the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our past events. You also have info about our next guest, the site updates. Once again, that's American Heroes Network. Network.com. I'm Gary Ray, along with Bill and our guest, Ted and Charles. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. 
For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Ted and Charles. And uh, Bill, you were going to go ahead and ask uh, Charles another question. Well, I, I think Charles wanted to get down on the ground level with this translation of military skills to civilian occupations, and uh, I'm going to let uh, Charles go ahead and uh, uh, add his comments to that. Sure. All right. What I, what I saw a lot was we came out of the military, and we had a skill set. You know, you, they say put down what your accomplishments were and stuff like that. And obviously, you know, being a, being a fighter pilot did not translate well if you're trying to go to a management position with the technical firm, you know. Um, and, you know, and half the time I, they would ask me what I did. Uh, and I, I was so broad because, you know, when you're heavy in the intelligence community with security clearances, uh, you know, you, you really can't say exactly what you did or when you did it and stuff like that. So it was hard to translate those skills to something like, you know, uh, or you you did this, you can now do this. And what I ended up doing and then counseling others as they came out is that look for your, categorize your skills into the civilian landscape. For example, you know, like I did a lot of briefing as an intelligence officer. You know, and I'm talking to the, both the squadron mate level all the way up to the, the admiral, you know, when we're doing a, a major exercise or a major war. And... Uh, and when I went into the uh, software development program, you know, it didn't translate well, you know, because there was not need. But turns out there was a need for the, 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 the person in the development group that could communicate to the, the in the, let's say, the user meeting or the user conferences that had had once a year. That translated well. All of a sudden, I became the face of the development team. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're accomplishing. And... It, it was easier from them to take those skill sets, look at the core competency that you had, and say, okay, well, I can, I'm task-oriented. I can really handle tasks and focus on those to the completion. You know, you work well with the team. Those are the things that you had to turn around and use when you applied for a civilian position. Because obviously I came out of an intelligence background. I had pilots who were, you know, who flew fighter jets and, and landed at sea at nighttime with a plane that wasn't working 100%. You know, those didn't translate well to a technical or a management team position. But the, the skills that they employed uh, in their career did well for them. And, and so that's what I ended up uh, having to see. It wasn't I was an intelligence officer trying to become a, a technical software development. I had skill sets that applied, and those skill sets I had earned from the, the uh, military exposure. And uh, 
And that's where where we find the guys do much better. And the, I think the stress and strain of trying to figure out what to do are lessons when they look at that, taking it from that standpoint. To follow in on what Charles is saying, um, that's why we had the behavioral technical career assessment test. We call it the career advisor on our site. Because uh, I saw a lot of the same things uh, Charles saw when I left active duty in 78, except that rather than going straight into private industry, having talked with a couple of friends who I recognized had gotten out and they job hopped for a little while until they finally found what they were looking for, I didn't want to have to be job hopping. And it's very common for veterans when they first get out, they take a job and they realize, gee, I don't have the challenge here that I had or I don't have the responsibility, and they start looking around. And after they, you know, by hitting their head against the wall, they kind of figure out how to make it work. I just dropped out for two years and went to business school and got an MBA. Uh, graduated towards the top of my class, and when I went out, uh, was the second highest paid person that was at a business school Emory had ever had. But it was my military background and experience and then having been there in business school I learned the civilian jargon and I learned what to say to the recruiters I had eight different job offers waiting for me when I graduated so it, it but that comes from doing something that a lot of people need to do more of when they're trying to find a job and that's called planning you need to lay out a work plan and then you need to work that plan and uh, and that will make them much more successful mm-hmm. but Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Ted, that that that's a great point that you uh, just mentioned. And, and, you know, one of the things that I think is the greatest void in, in the veteran community and in the military to a large degree is a lack of information. Being able, uh, what you just said about taking time off to go to school and to, and to acquire some more uh, or, or maybe even refine what you already had to offer, now, and this has been for uh, a couple of years, there's a great opportunity for those individuals who are leaving uh, uh, active duty since uh, uh, 9-11 with the, uh, the GI Bill that's in place right now, Chapter 33, post-9-11, one of the most generous GI Bills that's out there to get our men and women to go to school to get uh, uh, those uh, uh, additional kinds of exposures as far as education is concerned to make them much more uh, competitive in the uh, in the employment area. Bill, so, you're uh, right, and I'd like to add one thing. Going back to college does not necessarily equate to making more money or having a good career because of the the. Uh, push to have everybody go to college the last 25 years, there are now huge shortages of people in carpentry, electricians, plumbers, uh, programmers, um, welders. Welders. I'll use welding as an example. I had a boiler tech uh, about a month ago called in and uh, said he was getting ready to get out. He wanted to know what would be a good school. And I said, wait a minute, you're a boiler tech. Don't you know how to do pressure pipe welding? He said, of course I do. I said, well, rather than going to college, why don't you go to technical school, get your certification, since the military didn't give him a certification, which is a big problem we have that everybody's been working on, but he could use the GI Bill, uh, get a certification at a junior college or technical school, and then you can go out and make $55 an hour. And he went, what? I said, that's right. They are paying $55 an hour out in the oil fields for welders. 
that's a, that translates to $107,000 a year, no college degree required. And because of the shortage, they get to work as much overtime as they can handle. And most of those welders that are on the oil fields are making well above $200,000 a year, no college degree required. Um, I, I was in Elko, Nevada, last a year ago, August, and the mines there have exploded. You know, gold, borum, silver, and a couple other minerals that they're taking out of the ground. And while Reno on the other side of Nevada had 18% unemployment, they were desperate for employees there in Elko, and they were paying unskilled labor $25 an hour. They still are. And they are screaming for anybody that can repair uh, diesel equipment, uh, small machinery, welders, carpenters, and scaffolders. And, you know, if, if you can do any of that, you can just walk in and be working that afternoon. They are uh, the trades crafts. And, and to some extent, manufacturing are now, even with all these you know, 12 to 18 million people, depending upon whose numbers you want to use, unemployed in the United States, there are huge shortages in the trades crafts. Well, Ted, I tell you, we, we're walking, walking right down the same path. And uh, uh, a story for another day, uh, uh, up until, uh, oh, I guess uh, 1991 uh, and maybe 10 years prior to that, I was the chief investigator for the Mine Safety and Health Administration, and when you talk about Nevada and uh, places out in the mining industry, uh, I, I, I follow you every step of the way, and that's maybe something we can talk about in the future. But, uh, Ted, the last thing that I'm really concerned about is what caused you to start Vet Jobs and the connection with, a, 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 uh, I guess, the second large in veteran service uh, organization by way of membership, the, the, uh, the Veterans of Foreign Wars. Uh, how did, uh, uh, what caused you to start that, and how did be, it, uh, uh, it become uh, such dominant in, in, in this market space? Well, I started it. Uh, I, I was kind of going into retirement when I was 50 because I had a, had, uh, a recruiting firm and it was doing real well and I was selling out. And um, a sergeant major who was retiring from 2nd Army down here in Atlanta called me up. He had been talked into paying a outplacement firm $5,000 to help him find a job. Of course, he was ripped off and he, wanted, he couldn't get his money back and he hadn't even had an interview and his resume was horrible. And I said, we've got to stop this ripping off of our veterans. So I hired a consultant. We, we surveyed the industry to see how people get jobs, you know, veterans getting jobs. I never had that problem. And the, I was appalled at what I saw. I mean, the rip-offs, the bad information coming from some government services, not all. There's a lot of good veterans service reps in the Department of Labor, and that's always the spot we tell people to go chat with. But the... Uh, you know, the, the things that were available, you know, ripping them off, especially financially, um, I decided we needed a site that went from E1 to O10, the whole spectrum, and not just for junior military officers or just those for transitioning off, but for all veterans. And I wanted to include not just the traditional Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, but people forget that the Merchant Marine is a uniformed service, the Coast Guard, Public Health Service, the National Guard, the Reserve, there are 10 uniformed services under Title 10 U.S. Code. And we, so we put the site out there, and while I was okay to a degree financially, I didn't have the big bucks to take, take on Monster and Career Builder head on. 
So I decided to do it through alliances, and I went out and asked VFW to uh, endorse us. And they said, well, yeah, you and everybody else you know, <laughs> been out there asking for their endorsement because they're the most politically powerful of the, of the VSOs. And, you know, the VFW and the Legion are about the same size, and they do a lot of great things, but I chose VFW. And they... Um, uh, Good choice. They, they uh, uh, <laughs> over Christmas in 99, had us up on their site. I called them up and said... Uh, you have us on your side, and they said, yeah, Merry Christmas, we're going to endorse you. I thought that was great. Well, when we went out there, they said they liked what we were doing, they'd like to buy 10%. And this was the VFW's 100th anniversary, and they wanted to uh, bring home again that the VFW was founded to help get veterans jobs and to get them health care. And uh, it, it was a great thing. It's been a great marriage for the last 15 years. And uh, I was lucky now, since then, we've had a lot of VSOs come in behind us, Vietnam Veterans of America, the military, or the Purple Heart. We helped start Student Veterans of America eight years ago. And uh, it, it, it's just been a great thing. And uh, that, that helps drive a lot of our traffic, are, are the veteran service organizations. Yeah, right. absolutely. Uh, we're going uh, to take a quick, short break again, okay, and we'll be right back. My name is Gary Ray, along with Bill and our guest, Ted and Charles. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com 
You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Ted Charles. And, Ted, why don't you give us your website? We're forgetting about oh, that, aren't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> our website is uh, com. We always encourage people to start in the employment assistance section first, and you, there's a lot of stuff in there to help them on how to put together their career search, what they've got to be doing, the 20 major things they've got to be doing to find a job. We list tremendous amount of resources. We list all the legitimate job boards out there that aren't ripping people off. Uh, we, we give them help on the all-important behavioral interview, which is it, most companies now use what's called BI because it's the only interviewing technique that can be is defensible in a labor court of law. And while the Society of Human Resource Management has been teaching HR people how to do it, uh, no one's been teaching the candidates, so we're teaching the veterans how to pass it. And we list all the upcoming uh, military-related career fairs. Uh, we've got our newsletters. We've got uh, a Veteran Eagle newsletter that reaches over 600,000 veterans on the first of every month. There's a lot of material there that can, if people use it, they can find themselves a good job. Now, Ted, you also have a Veteran Employment Situation Report uh, that comes out monthly. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we uh, uh, going back to your original question, we kept getting all these calls in about, well, what's the real veteran unemployment rate? And uh, they, the people were getting confused because of all the uh, things we talked about earlier. So we started putting out this uh, veteran employment situation report we call the VESR about three years ago, and it's really become a staple uh, we use data from the Department of Labor and Bureau of Labor Statistics and the Census Bureau. We use data from the press. We, uh, of course, we, we work with the adjutant generals uh, very closely all around the country so we understand what's going on in the National Guard and with, with the heads of the different reserve forces. And it, it's, it's become something that gets quoted a lot in the press. I'm on Fox and, uh, you know, New York Times, New York Post, all sorts of magazines and uh, TV and radio stations all around the country talking about what the real situation is and and keep pushing to try and get people to hire members of the Guard and Reserve because if we can solve that problem, it, then we get rid of the, uh, the worst problem for veteran unemployment. Of course, that will ultimately take a change in the call-up policy. Anything short of that, it isn't going to work. But then employment situation report, like I say, it has uh, three major parts. First is what's going on in the economy. The second as uh, a review of where the new jobs were created for those who are looking for work. And the third part gets right into the unemployment rates and uh, the different problems that veterans are facing. All right. All right. Now, why don't you walk us through again? You were mentioning the website itself as far as um, uh, how we can go about one, the first couple of steps as far as your site we, we tell people to go into the employment assistance section. If they already know what they want to do, uh, many people do, they go straight into the search jobs area. And with us, we don't make them register. We're not collecting their data to sell it like a lot of job boards do. Uh, we, we have very strict privacy. We've got about 150,000 active resumes in the database. They can put up a resume if they want, or they can go in and the eight 9,000 different employers we got on the site right now, they can apply direct to the employer. 
and, uh, and that's, uh, uh, it's become one of the most effective ways for people finding jobs. About 3% of jobs are found through career fairs, about 46% through networking, and about 46% through um, Internet job boards, and the last percent is everything else, <laughs> third-party recruiting firms, newspapers, magazines, etc. But it's a, uh, it's a very powerful site, and it's not only for the veteran. It's also for their spouses and their children. Some of our best success stories have been military spouses. Well, that's phenomenal. You also into the job fairs for everyone, uh, which is, um, again, something that they need to get involved with. Absolutely. Because even if only 3% of jobs are found through a career fair, we still tell people go. We still tell people looking back at their local newspaper, you never know where you're going to find the job that you want. But you, so you got to be doing all of it, career fairs, uh, networking like crazy, and applying to jobs that, that you qualify for. All right. And all this is free to the veteran and families. Absolutely. Everything on there is free to the veterans. Mm. All right. All right. Now, about signing up, you said you have uh, multiple types of newsletters to sign up uh, for? Yes. We, we have a Veteran Eagle newsletter that goes out to the veterans. Uh, we have an Early Eagle, which is the employer newsletter. That goes out to about six, 7,000 employers. Then we have an agency newsletter. The recruitment ad agencies or advertising firms have interjected themselves in this industry, and they're, they're a big source of leads for us. So we have those three newsletters, and then we have the Veteran Employment Situation Report. So we have a total of four each month. That's great. Uh, great. In other words, you're, when you're helping the veteran, uh, I think that's what it's all about. Um, yep. And our know. early eagle actually is there to help educate the employers. When you read it, it's giving them information they can talk to the veteran about and giving them ideas of where to find the type of veteran you're looking for. I mean, it, it's, it's uh, the whole purpose of the exercise is to get you know, our veterans and their spouses and their kids' jobs, sort of like what Charles went through. Mm-hmm. And, right, exactly. And, and the employees also need to recognize the qualities that a veteran brings to the table, not just, you know, the, the skill set that he's employed in the four, six, seven years that he's been in the military, but also, you know, what skill sets he brings that will benefit the company as a whole, you know. Anybody who's been on active duty for six months or longer or in the Guard and Reserve, has a lot of skills that employers want. It's just a question of getting the employers to understand it. And uh, part of that problem, uh, Gary, comes from the fact that, uh, you know, at the end of the Vietnam War, we had 60 million veterans. Everybody knew somebody that had been in the military. Right. Today, we only have 21 million veterans left. And it's shrinking 20 or 30 to 50,000 veterans every month. And, you know, so the, the veteran population is getting smaller and smaller. So as a result, in a lot of the companies, you have people who have never even known somebody that was in the military. So they have no yeah. idea what we do. So, so, so as the, we see the Vietnam veteran era uh, pass into retirement, yeah. you're going to see you're going to see the number of veterans in the employee workforce drop dramatically. Mm-hmm. Because, right. because there was just a small percentage uh, between between seventy six to to whenever the 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 the, the uh, war in in uh, uh, Kuwait, you know, ninety one Desert Storm. Uh, there was a big period in which there was very few people in the military. 
Right. Right. Well, we have we have less than a minute left, and what I'd like to do is, uh, Ted and Charles, I want to thank you for being on our show today. Ted, what would you like to share with our listeners in closing? If you're an employer, hire veterans and, and their spouses. Definitely go out there and hire members of the National Guard. If you'd like some help, you can give us a call at 877-VET-JOBS. That's 877-838-5627. Or visit our site at www.vetjobs.com. All right, Charles. The the fact that the people are looking out for the veterans now uh, really is very very warming, you Amen. know, because uh, we didn't have that back in the seventies. You know, no, we, we did not have that uh, uh, feeling that people were looking out for us, and that, that's a good feeling now. That is that is Bill. Do you have any closing well, remarks? Well, I'd just like to thank thank Ted and Charles for joining us. And uh, certainly what we did here today is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so many other things that mm-hmm. we can do in bringing to the media and informing our veteran community. All right. Now, if you missed our live show, all our shows are archived on demand on the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host, Bill Forbes, signing off, and thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America, on the Variety Channel. Have a terrific week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and his co-host Linda Crater again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's staff and management.